that, and you already have everything uploaded from the past. Yeah, so it's all. So we just we just imported the RSS feed, uh, and then um, and then so you can also be a donor. So you can click mm-hmm. on uh, support the podcast, and you can donate money. Huh. Look at that. So you can donate right there. Uh, we already have too, so we already cool. have a donor. Do you? We might have two. I don't know. It's like two extra docs, dollars in your pocket a month. It's big money. Uh, yeah. Well, they they it they takes like twenty percent. Yeah. It's not, it's not that much. Um, no, but it's... Considering we would have gotten It's an nothing. interesting... It's like internet platforms and internet creating. Like, let's say you told, like, someone with an agent that the supplier was going to be taking the 20% cut. Like, somebody in a, in a professionalized field. Mm-hmm. So, like, a comedian or something like that. And you told them that the supplier was going to take a 20% cut. They'd be like, you're insane. Well, but so I mean, it makes sense because so yeah, so they can a lot more than supply. And it's free to upload right. the, to use too. We right. don't do anything. We don't pay anything, and we would have gotten zero dollars. So if you're just looking at like kind of an overall uh, opportunity yeah. cost kind of thing. No, 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 no. And that's the thing that because this is happening on a lot more platforms than just. Uh, is it recording? Yeah, okay. we've been recording for like I'm just, Yeah, I'm making sure that. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more platforms than just that one, especially the new ones mm-hmm. where. These companies are able because they're the first out there. They're able to make these insane cuts, uh, <clears throat> and they're providing so much. And then they also, you know, there's nowhere else that you can go to monetize your podcasts. Yeah, or at least like that that uh, provides us the same opportunity. Yeah, you could always take on the Audible sponsorship, you know, like every other podcast. Does. We're working on it. So Anchor theoretically finds sponsorship for us. For you. Um, that's another benefit. So I wonder what it looks like <clears throat> on the sponsor side, and if it's like, you know, you can buy bulk mm-hmm. sponsorships. I'm sure it's, that, it's like that. It's yeah. that nice middleman. Uh, yeah. Calculations where it's like really streamlines the process. Streamlines the process. This is the Experience Podcast with me and someone else. I'm the someone else this time. Yeah, there's no Connor. Connor. Connor's not here. He's Peter. He's very busy this time around. Anyway, yeah, Peter's back. I don't. I still don't get why y'all don't just edit the song in. Uh, so like it's just a little easier. We could. We could easily do it. Like very, very I'm, easy. But I'm taking the laziest route. But that's true. So there's a small chance that I would possibly want an internship that eventually has me editing podcasts. Okay. And you sometimes need a portfolio, and you definitely need audio editing experience. Mm-hmm. And I've been in a pain in the ass talking about how this podcast might need to be edited. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance I might start editing this podcast. You'd like to be like, our editor. But it would have to be after April. Okay, and we don't pay. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, it's... Actually, you might need to pay us. To no, I would not okay. pay you. I'm okay taking no pay. I'm not paying you for the We barely get paid. I there, are told enough, you are. there are enough chances for me to just randomly edit some audio. Yes, that's true. Um, but the 538 News uh, has an internship for their podcast mm-hmm. that I've already applied for. But for next year, hopefully they have a, the same internship. Uh, and 538 News is like my favorite journalism thing in the world uh, and their podcast is one of my favorite yeah so being able to work with them would be fantastic well, what, what would you like to edit with this I mean so so part of the reason we're asking for supporters is we do want to upgrade the equipment we got a new microphone okay. that um, we're not using yeah this is the new microphone oh, it, oh this was a while ago 
that y'all got it. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. Connor got it as a gift, I think, okay. uh, uh, a few months ago. But but you know, right? Obviously, maybe we'd have multiple microphones. We'd have a whole setup, yeah, a whole quality sound, of life upgrades, a whole a whole a soundboard setup. But we don't have any of that. No. So that's what that's if people are wondering where the money's going, it's toward improving the podcast. It's not for Connor. It's going back to you, basically. It's going back to you. When you donate to the podcast, <laughs> you're getting. It's like taxes. Exactly. In a weird way. And I know how much everybody loves to pay their taxes. It's essentially a tax on podcasts. It's a podcast tax. Anyway, but it's not enforced. It's like it's more like charity. Let's mm. go through your criticisms of the podcast here. Go it's ahead. not a criticism. It's just that, I mean, in any conversation, there's dead space. Mm-hmm. And getting rid of that dead space, and then maybe also being able to edit out things that people don't particularly want... So I listen to a lot of podcasts. Of our podcasts? Not, they're not all okay. the experience podcasts. Okay. I listen to a lot of podcasts that aren't the experience podcasts, yes. edited podcasts. Uh-huh. And there'll be times where they'll reference the edits that happen inside of them. And you know they'll edit, for example, when somebody's looking up to an answer to a question, and it might take them five minutes to find it. Mm-hmm. And that dead space will get edited out. Or if you know, you got to keep your brand. Uh, and so I listen to the, the Vlogbrothers podcast one a lot. And they're adults, and so they'll talk about adult sub- subjects, but they'll edit it out or edit the worst stuff out because they're still targeting a younger adult audience. And mm-hmm. They're the dads of the internet. So I don't know what y'all's, y'all's brand is necessarily. We don't really have a brand. No. A brand is brand. <coughs> like brand, yeah. It's brand name, and that's mm-hmm. y'all's brand. The brand name is brand name. Mm-hmm. God, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like before brands were a thing, and it was just like bread. So yeah, it's, it's, exactly. Those are the golden days. It's minimalism. The 20s? Yeah. Really, really up until like the 40s. Was it? Yeah. It's kind of the economy kind of fluctuated during the Second World War. Uh, well, yeah, and it was kind of reliant on um, refrigerated uh, train carts because you needed it. Like, food was the big branding thing. I don't know. I remember learning about this in, like, 10th grade and uh, proceeded to forget the majority of it, which is unfortunate because history, especially American history, is actually still quite pertinent to my major, unlike a majority of people at Tech. Yeah. So it's okay for them to forget, just like I've forgotten a lot of calculus. A lot of people find it interesting. Yeah. American, yeah, no, that's true. At a STEM school, I was not expecting a lot of people to, to have interests in history and stuff like that. But I'm finding a lot of it. Um, and a large knowledge of history, too. So that's good. So we're a bunch of nerds, mm-hmm. is, the, is the gist of it there. Um, so that's good, I guess. It's good to remember your past, so you're not, it's the quote, doomed to repeat it or whatever. Yeah, that's the cliche. It's a quote. Anyway, um... Let's go over to some, some housekeeping things. Okay. Um, we're working on fixing the Apple Podcast feed. Well, Connor says he is. So if, if you're a listener on Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry. But you can definitely listen on Anchor. You can get the app if you want to. You can listen on, online, however you listen to it. Uh, Peter's already listened to several episodes. Uh-huh. We're working on, on some sponsorships right now and some other uh, other podcast collaborations. Ooh. I won't say who or when oh. or what or why. They're still in the process. They're very in the process, which means he's not responding to my email. Damn. <laughs> he responded to the first one. He's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then I was like, all right, when do you want to do it? And that's, that was it. So. Yeah, have you sent a follow-up? No. you got to send a follow-up. How I'm long waiting, did you uh, send it? Uh, mm, a few days ago. 
I'm giving it like I'd a say days. four business days is a good yeah, follow up. Yeah, so I'm, I'm waiting a little longer. I think it was like middle of last week. Okay. So I'll, I'll send it. Uh, I'll send a follow up soon. But uh, yeah, so we've been we've been really struggling to get some guests on. As you can see, we've been cycling through. Pete, this is Peter's mm-hmm. third time. He's got, the, he's got the experience hat trick. I do. Um, which is a good thing. You know, it's fun. Like. To be on this podcast, you like to just talk about nothing. I do. Yeah, no, it's something. you already do that by yourself. I do in my head. So, so at least this gives you. a platform I'm not sure how other it. people think, but like I think in full sentences. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that do you too? Probably. Okay. I, and I actually can't tell whether it could be one of those things where when I start thinking about my thinking, that's when I think in full sentences. Okay. Um, and I could just think. You know, okay, but let's think about this straightforwardly. The rest of it, like once I start focusing on my sentences or on how I think, that's when I start. You form very defined sentences. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, um, let's talk about women's basketball. Ooh, yeah, there was that whole thing that's going on right now. There's a whole thing that's going on. No, we don't talk about that. We don't. I figured it's no, a policy. I don't thing. know too much about it. Yeah, uh, but I figured it is... you'd be in on it because you know. Yeah. So. It's definitely been on my radar, and I've seen a lot of what Josiah has been saying about it on Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter. And, and, and you guys, if you don't, if you don't want to, you're not going to get too deep into it. But if you want to hear the full breakdown, you can listen on Peter's public policy yeah, right, right. podcast. Throwback to where he's going to go into four weeks. He's going to go in depth on that. Absolutely available as well no, on the I'm Experience not. Anchor podcast feed. That's one of those things I don't particularly like. Journalism that is like it's got a place. But the speculative oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, speculatory. Because it's like, all right, the things are eventually going to happen with mm-hmm. this. There's a lot and of smoke. And you can speculate. There's all a lot mean. of smoke. Right. And so I can only guess that there's going to be a fire from 50 feet away for so long until the uh-huh. fire actually appears. And there's, there's already now, you know, and you hate to talk <coughs> about it, but there's a reputation with it. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, uh, and it has, and it doesn't help that at Tech, you know, we've already got that discrepancy between male and female. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, go ahead and bring it up for, for the people who don't know what we're talking about. So the female coach for the women's basketball team was put on leave. Uh, yeah, personnel, uh, for personnel reasons. For personnel Not personal, reasons. No, personnel. personnel. Nothing personnel, kid. Um, and they did not give any further to explanation. Her, yeah, according to her. Well, what uh, publicly, they said publicly, she gave yes. no, they gave no and publicly. according to her publicly they right. maybe behind they didn't give her one either which is know. a big deal um, but for might make sense for liability reasons depending on how this goes out uh, but she claimed if I have it correct uh, she claimed that it was a uh, it was like a sexist thing or it was kind of so, discriminatory. Yeah, so so she's been, especially for the past few years, I think what she's saying is she's been making a lot of uh, strong pleas to the administration department or the athletics department to make a bigger push for the women's right. sports, especially her team. Obviously, she's yeah. a coach for women's basketball. Yeah, no, and they've been doing and great. So, and so this, and so what she's kind of saying, and what I guess her attorney was saying is this was kind of to shut her up. Yeah. Is what is, what is allegedly okay. happening. Yeah, which just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, that's From, what that's what they're saying. Right. That's what their camp is. We had, okay. And Doris Tech refuses to put us in because they say they don't have to. Yeah. But for, for personnel leave. For uh, those who might be in a similar position to the coach, though, 
very and smart move on her hand to immediately hire a lawyer mm-hmm. and have the lawyer be the smokes. I don't know if she already had a lawyer. She might have this. already had a lawyer. Again, she's been she's been starting she's, a lot of fires about right getting the women's and and you think about it, we have so many uh, what is word publicity events for the yeah. men's team. We don't really have any. Which, from an ones. economic like, unfortunately, men's basketball brings in more money. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not so if close. you look, if you're looking at a business like, because you know, public colleges are in that weird place where you are a public university, so you're state run, and yet also you have these profit-driven organizations mm-hmm. like your research and your. I mean, the school itself is usually fairly profitable. Well, most of our most of our funding goes to research. It's like seventy yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah, we divert insane amounts of funding um, back to research, mm-hmm. and so, and unfortunately, we're not like Alabama where we have money flowing through our veins just because of a fantastic football team. So the the athletics program is running on. The slimmest amount of money you can, mm-hmm. and anything, and all the other sports make no money. Right, and so football game has three people at those games. Yeah, and, and so you have to cut where you can, and so you can, you can make the argument that this is sort of inevitable. When you're cutting money at every place you can, you're gonna make some unnecessary cuts or some cuts that look biased. And I think one of the things that she pointed out, or at least her attorney pointed out, was her salary compared to Josh Pastor, right. who is the men's basketball coach. I think it's about three times less. Um, so. Yeah. And they're public employees. Yeah, we could look up those numbers. Um, I mean, yeah, I can pull those up. We'll but just, let's do yeah. an edit right here while I look up Right. <laughs> but, we can talk through this. Yeah, go ahead. It's just a really awkward place because then that question does kind of come up the, the ultimate question is, is Georgia Tech Athletics making any decisions that are unreasonable... Where do I find it? Where do I click? Unreasonably biased against women. So if she has these situations where, you know, she's able to show that just $500 of extra advertisement for a women's basketball game would bring in... Eleven hundred dollars, or I mean, actually, she, this might be your best argument: is that it's sort of a, a self-feeding snake, where when Georgia Tech doesn't give money to the women's athletics programs, it makes women's athletics less good because people don't want to come to the, you know, the recruiting is worse when the women's programs have less money. It brings fewer women athletes to the program. And then, thus, the women's athletics brings in less amounts of money. So, not knowing anything about the situation, just from an outsider's point of view, I think that's where the best argument is. Now, her lawyer could have more data on that to say that, yes, there was absolutely discrimination based on gender. That would be you know, illegal under Title IX, uh, and Georgia Tech would have fairly large lawsuit on their hands, but you'd need some pretty specific evidence to be able to prove that. Um, Gender is, uh, there's levels of scrutiny for legal cases, and I think it's a loose scrutiny one, and so you need a 
a legitimate government interest and it need, that needs to be closely related to gender in order to discriminate. I'm not sure if that applies here, but I know that applies for like constitutional questions. Mm-hmm. What are the salaries? I couldn't find it. You couldn't find it? No. Yeah. I couldn't find your name on there. Uh, you said you know the website? Yeah. Okay. You can try to look it up, but I couldn't find it. Yeah, I don't know her name. Um, no, I know her name, but I couldn't no, find I her name. <clears throat> really? Sorry, now I'm going to be looking up. What's the... Let's see. George. Open Georgia. Anyway, um, while Pierce pointing that up, we'll... We'll talk about, you know, okay, let's let's talk about this. So I have a bin of cookies here. Oh, I want a cookie. You can have a cookie. But then I'm going to be eating while the podcast is going. Uh, that's fine. We've done that so many okay. times. What's the, what's your last name? Joseph. So anyway, this is, this was full of cookies. There were maybe 20 or so in there. And then we ate some. But I, I seem to be missing like five cookies. I remember there were more in there. I don't know where they went. What's your first name? Michelle with the like Michelle M A. Can't find her, right? I think Georgia Tech deleted her from <laughs> all yes. records, but we can look up. I doubt that. We can look up past her. I'll do that. I might be looking in the wrong area. So you should just be looking for salaries. You gotta get through that. Yeah, Josh Passner is on there, so he makes. Da 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 da. Yeah, he's Whoa! <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, we're not. He makes $1.8 million to coach to, 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 a losing basketball team. To coach a very losing basketball team. Are you kidding me? And the man can't even buy suits that fit right. He's got no basketball coach has ever worn a suit that fits properly. Have you ever seen? <laughs> you know, have you gone to any of the any of the games to any? Okay, let's see if I can find her on all coaches. Maybe we're spelling your last name wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna go to. I'm going to all coaches. Now I have to remember my alphabet. Um, too bad Connor's not here. He's very good at letters. Oh, do you want to go to, um, let's see, okay, I got her. Mm. We were spelling it right, I don't know why. She makes, yeah, so he makes 1.8, you can guess how much she makes. And we'll, 450k? We'll, we'll put this to our listeners as well, that's, so you're low. Well, she, makes okay. she makes a good amount, but comparatively, she, oh, 800k? She makes 687. 687. Now, now, how many years has she been here? She's been here, like. Ten? She's been here 13, 13 I believe. And Pastner's been She's here. the winningest um, women's basketball coach at Georgia Tech ever with 310 wins. Um, you know, she's been to the postseason pretty I much. I can't believe Pastner makes $1.8 She's been to the postseason, whether it's the NIT or the NCAA tournament, pretty much every season. She hasn't been to the NCAA tournament since the 2013 2014 season. What do you do with $1.8 million a year? That's like nothing compared to a lot of other. I know. I just don't understand like rich people in general. To be one hundred percent honest, <laughs> what do you do with your money? Like at a certain point, I'd say like he gives out Chick Fil A sandwiches. One hundred and twenty k per year is, is about enough. where I max out. Understanding you could do two hundred. Two hundred is enough because you can get a car or, or whatever. Yeah, but what? Three hundred even. You could see that. No, I buy. Well, you're saving. A lot of that goes to saving. For what? Saving for what? For retirement. Because at that point, you don't have to retire when you're 98. You can retire when you're 95. I just don't understand. Like, 
even with putting aside a large portion of that towards retirement, I just feel like it's too much money. But even so, he probably lives a similar life that you do on a day-to-day basis. Pastor. Yeah. Does. Yeah. Think, think about what you did. What, what, have you, what did you do yesterday? I worked. Okay, that's a bad example. Um, like a weekend. What are you planning on doing tomorrow? You get up. I'll just explain what I did today. Okay. Well, you're only halfway through the day and you're doing the podcast too, but that's fine. Yeah, right. go ahead. So I woke up. Okay. Went on Reddit for an hour. Okay. Fell asleep for an hour. Mm-hmm. Got out of bed around 10. Very productive, yes. Right? Well, I don't have any work to do on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Delia's Chicken and Subs. No, not Chicken Sausage. It's Chicken Sausage, yeah. It's delicious. How is it? We haven't I, been there. It's fantastic. We'll I get that El Camino Bowl. Um, it it looks like it's that. in a very sketchy place. In a, what? Like that area is kind of no. Like late at night, yes. Oh my god, Daniel. Yes. If you haven't been on the west side of Tech in a while, because it's just rec- it's recently gotten a lot better. Yes. So if you haven't been there in a while, no, I've been there. I go there all the time. Right. Like it's Daniel has not been <laughs> to sketchy areas of it. I have just been to sketchy that areas of it. I've totally been to sketchy areas of it. And you consider that a sketchy area? It's not a sketchy. No, all right, let's. Yeah, come on. What did I walk down like a literal dark alley, and like a dark street? Um, it's got a lot of construction going. going on. It, there's a lot of construction. Yeah, which probably is better for it. It is a booming neighborhood. It is. They've, they've been doing a lot of renovations of all that, that whole area. I would not consider it a nice area of Atlanta, but I also would not consider it sketchy. Late at night. Late at night. Okay, so this is what I talk about Atlanta. Atlanta. Everybody has cars, even the criminals. Mm-hmm. At night. Be on edge anywhere. I mean, the most amount of crimes happen in Buckhead. Yeah. Like, Buckhead is one of the most crime-ridden districts in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it's also the nicest and bougiest. It's because the criminals have cars, and they want to steal nice, bougie things. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's no getting around that. Like, people ask, I went to Georgia State last year, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's such a bad area. Yeah. And I'm like, if you stay in... If you don't go out outside at 2 a.m. alone, you're fine. Even if you go outside at 2 a.m. alone, you're probably fine. Right. You're going to... No, it's not like a 100% chance. It's just you're, you're risking it <laughs> a bit like, more yes. if you go out at 2 a.m. Like, you'd get updates on the crimes that did happen in the area, and that happened at 3 well, a.m., 4 a.m. People around here are very freaked out. They get freaked out when I say I walk on 10th Street late at night. It's, yeah. like, it's the most well-lit street. Right, it's well-lit. Yeah, as long as it's well-lit. There's so many cars going by. And there's cars going by. You... There's police officers littered. Yeah, oh, and GTPDs. 10th yeah, Street especially. There's always a police officer oh, right here across the street. I swear to God, yeah, GTPD is support. I know it because it wakes me up when their lights flash for no reason. Yeah, they, they, see, they see their the worst blinds in the in the world. These blinds are also bad, yes. Uh, that's why I woke, up, I woke up at 6.48 originally this morning, mm-hmm. because I turned in my sleep and the light woke me up. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have actually been the light on in my But anyway, mind. the point of this was, Josh Pastner probably did the same thing today. He got up, he maybe he went on Reddit for an hour, maybe went back to sleep, went to get lunch someplace, yeah, but small. It's kind of the same lifestyle. Vaguely, uh, except he got up instead of in a dorm shared with you know, with three rooms yes, shared with four people. Yes. I don't know where he lives. No. I just... As, so my dad, when I was a little kid, our family did not make much money. I mean, mm-hmm. recession, very few people our age had. We're no, doing fine. Fine. <laughs> very, We're doing fantastic. Now. I was doing fantastic. So my, both my parents had... My older sister, obviously at the same time, it's my older sister. 
uh, when they were 21, which is very young to have kids, mm-hmm. uh, something I didn't realize until I was older. It was like, oh wow, 21 is really young. Uh, yeah, so yeah, 22. So. Really? Yeah. So, uh, and your parents you. were doing. Well. Are you the, are you an only kid? No, I'm oldest. Really? What did your dad do for you? No, no, I'm 22. Oh, you're saying my parents. Oh, I thought you said okay. I'm saying I. It would be like if I had kids last year. Having kids when you're 21 (laughs) is tough. (laughs) Uh And so it. it, Were they working at the time? My dad was. My mom had to drop out of college, um, and wasn't able to go back to college until my parents got divorced. Because when you have three kids, you're busy. You know, your life stops focusing on you at all Mm -hmm. and becomes entirely focused on these little children that would no longer exist if you didn't constantly take care of it. Um, and uh, so we weren't doing economically fine. You know, we were, we were lower middle class for the area we were in. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that my older sister is out of college, I'm in college, but because the Zell Miller scholarship, it's not too expensive. And then it's just my little sister. And both my parents are making money. They're divorced, but still they're both making money. Um, They have a lot more money to spend. And I still have that mindset of, you know, 11-year-old me who's like, don't ask for special snacks at Kroger. And now my dad, who also... We can only afford Kroger brand. (laughs) Right. Uh, and, And now my dad, who also grew up poor, has a lot more spending money. And so he'll buy, like... A walking desk for his house that he, mm-hmm. which is it, on a treadmill, isn't that absurd of a purchase. It costs like three hundred dollars. He gets a lot of work done there, okay. and I'm just I, I'm astonished by it. So is it good? He, is it beneficial? It is because he's walking all day, and it's like silent because it's, sanding it's, can be bad. Like too much sanding can, can be bad, right? Um, and so, but it's just one of those things where like I have a hard time understanding. Even just non-frivolous purchases, mm-hmm. just per like, I have a ton in savings right now. The idea of buying a Switch, despite the fact it's like three hundred dollars oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's got some of my favorite games on it, it's still just a non-concept for me. Like I'm not gonna do it. You wouldn't. Do I, it. I have an income. I should. Anyone else in my position would probably buy it. I'm not going to just because it feels so unfrivolous. And so then when you're making one point eight million, I'm just like I don't know what I would do with that. <clears throat> Invest it. Yeah, I'd invest it all, but for what? Because I'd never take it out of investments. You would never use it. You uh-huh. can pass it down to I'd buy my, my Peter Jr. Right. No, that's what I... But then I don't want my kids to be spoiled. Like, like Gordon Ramsay does No, it's a, I'm not saying that. You, yeah. you keep it in investments. It's a series of passing down savings. So, so no one ever is well. using... Someone's, for, no but one's then eventually one of my kids... Is, one of my lineage is going to be spoiled. And that's what I don't <laughs> But luckily, I'm going into public policy. Yeah, so I'm you not going to make millions of dollars. You have no issues <laughs> with that. I'm always going to be overworked. You don't and have to worry about having too much money. That's a pain. Like right now, I'm working practically for less than minimum wage, and I'm, I'm happy with it. Which is know. probably illegal, but you know. It's, uh... Um. Yeah, I think the way that they they let me go early on. So I'm working for the state capital, so it's just really a weird. Mix like un- unpaid things. internships are probably illegal. They should be. Unpaid internships are stupid. They're, it's pretty. It's just slavery. 
Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Slavery had some other stipulations, like the okay, ownership no, of people. Yeah, there's no physical abuse or anything. There's no physical abuse. There's no ownership. Hopefully. You can leave your internship. Yes. Some, well, yeah. You can leave your internship. If you're doing, if you, if you, if you sign a contract to do an internship in London, they, they can't sue you. It'd be very difficult. There's no way they can sue you. It'd be very difficult. Yeah, I'm just saying it may be for difficult that. for someone who doesn't have any money to. What are you Hopefully gonna get a robot to under, come back? Right, that's yeah. true. Uh, <laughs> that is an accurate statement. It's tough, but it's still not. The punishment of death for no, living. No, you're not. Or whipping. But it is unpaid labor. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's what, yeah. And I don't... And there are some cases, so like the White House internship is an unpaid internship. And a lot of Capitol Hill internships are unpaid internships. Mm-hmm. And it's hard Dick Cheney, so it's... to make the case... That the opportunities there aren't worth the lack of pay. Um, is it though? Do you have a? Is it? Is it that beneficial? Yes. Because they've done studies where it's like you, you know, people that do internships, right? Don't necessarily for a lot of internships. It depends but when on you're, the field, and it depends on yeah. Exa- it depends so on like the political field is ninety-eight percent. Well, it's a lot of who you know. It's once you've passed this threshold of competence, you know, if you're incompetent. And know a lot of people, you'll still get a job, yeah. but you won't be. But I feel like through. you really need to form solid relationships. Once you hit this threshold, it does become this yet yeah, relationship-based mm-hmm. work. At, and so, working in the White House, you're going to see a lot of people. You're going to get close relationships with a lot and of it's literally people. just people you know in the White House, right? So that's all, and it, is. and it gets you. And but at the same time, it not being paid, this is the same thing about part-time legislators. Uh, it, it blocks low-class people from being able to get those opportunities. So Georgia, for example, we have a 40-day part-time legislature. They get paid about $17,000 for their time, I think, in the legislature. Um, And they aren't able to do their normal jobs during the three months that they're in the legislature, Mm -hmm. which is great for the established lawyer that is able to take four months off because they own their own firm. It's great for the doctor who owns their own. It's great for the farmer who these four months nothing can grow and they, or they're able to p- hire some farmhands to run the farm for four months. Uh, it sucks for the middle class to, un, you know, to labor positions where you need to have a job all year or else you don't, you, know, <laughs> you don't survive. Um, it's not a cyclical thing. It's just a... And so it cuts out these internships and these opportunities and these being able to be a politician to a large class of people. Um, it's really yeah. like, I'm not going to be taking any White House internship or if I was able to get one just because I can't live in D.C. for three months with no pay. D.C. is incredibly expensive to live. You could, mm, you could live in Maryland or Virginia <laughs> and drive an hour in, you know, each day. Yeah. Do you have a car? No, I don't like driving. I plan on never owning a car. It's yeah, too expensive. Yeah. So you have to live in a city. You can't live yeah. in a suburb. Uh-huh. I like public transportation. Yeah, I'm just saying, if you live in a suburb, you, it is by, just by design. I'm from the suburb. suburbs. I know. You have to have a car. I, the only... I'm from North Fulton, and a lot of people at the school are too, but I do not know anywhere around North Fulton because I never owned a car, so I knew about the two-mile radius around my house. Mm-hmm. That's two miles. That's a good... That's yeah. Good. That's good. I walk a lot. 
I'm a walking boy. I know, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm every talked about that. I'm uh let's see. So I walk a lot. You walk to the airport from here. To, uh, no, I walked to Roswell from here. I, I don't know how far that is. It's, I think, 21 miles. So it's about a marathon. Yesterday I walked nine miles and went 45 fly, flights of stairs. Okay. Day before, eight miles, uh, 38 flights of stairs. And so that's, those are heavy days. I average, I think, ooh, last Friday I did 10 miles. Um... Like, just this month, I've averaged, yeah, uh, or February, I averaged 5.6. Last year, I was averaging in October, 7.2. It's a lot of walking. It is. I get a lot of hidden walking just walking around campus and stuff. No, it get, you, you don't it even really realize does it. rack up. Especially, it's, it's, it's uh, deceivingly hilly. Seven hours, seven miles of walking a day, that's like three and a half hours. Mm, 20 minutes? 20 minute mile? You could probably no, do 15 minute mile. I probably walk faster. You could, do, yeah. you could do 10 to 15. I'm just trying to think of how much time I waste walking. <coughs> you waste a lot of time walking. I waste, I waste a lot of time. I think a lot of people waste a lot of time. Doing, just in general, just there's doing, a lot of time in the day. There, there's, everyone has 24 hours in a day. Having a job, how you use it. There's significantly less time of the day than I than. But are you last using? Semester. Are you? How often do you work? Every day, from I get in around seven forty-five or eight. I get in out around five. Around eight to five. Okay. So that's nine hours. Mm-hmm. Plus an hour and a half total of commuting, and then just because everybody. Right, we're not counting the commuting. I'm saying okay. at from your, at your eight to five job. Yeah. Are you working nine hours yes. steadily the entire time? Um, depends on the week. For these past two weeks and for the next three, I will be, yes. Like the, the whole nine hours, you have something to do. Yeah, that's how Friday was. It was insane. Because right. a lot of jobs, that's I not know. true. No, it's in like, most jobs. And it shouldn't be. Yeah. Because working nine hours straight is insane. Yes. I'm, I was, my brain was fried yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, that's why you see different work schedules now where, you know, you work from home and uh, Friday's off, you know, four-day weeks and stuff like that. Yeah. I think the four-day week schedule, I mean, for schools, too, I think you'd be able to kill two birds with one stone with that. So students tend to get burnt out over the five days. Mm -hmm. So Fridays are throwaway days almost. And then students lose a lot of information over the summer. Yeah, so you want to get oh, so you want to get rid of the summer. So get rid of summer. Make it a break more like winter break. Which have so, no reason right now. Summers yeah. don't need No, them. yeah, because they the farmers don't need it their summer back. It wasn't about farming. It was that was not why we Oh, is that another freaking urban legend? Yeah. Oh, I hate those. It's actually because it's all about rich people, I oh, don't know. School funding. It's expensive to keep the schools going. Basically, kind of. Okay. But also like the rich people didn't want their kids. In the summer, it's really hot in the school. Yeah. There's no air conditioning in okay, 1798 or whatever. So they had to, They just had, took them out. And so none of the kids went to school in the summer just because okay. people didn't want to go. That's fair. So that's why. So that's but, but nowadays, now that we have air conditioning, air conditioning the, the yeah. cost actually would be insane, though, to keep the schools running. Yes, that too. I mean, yeah, there's probably multiple factors. Maybe farming was part of the factor, but, but it would really increase. But, but like our far, schools a lot are of those, failing. A lot of those farmers, did, a lot of people that were farming, didn't go to school. No, you're right, a farmer, right. so it doesn't really make too much sense that no. they would be. They don't care. And so, 
There's that. The, it's probably cost prohibitive mostly, but at the same time, like it's our schools are failing right now. It's traditional. It's um, and a lot of people will probably complain, like, "What about our summer vacations?" I mean, you can still you, can, you have a month off you, yeah. in the winter, you can, or like three you can give, weeks you can off. Give you, you, you can, can get take, a you could take a month in the summer. Yeah. So I think it would be a phenomenal thing for schools to start doing, um, just because it is. Sort of even smart kids that like, are good at school still lose like sixty percent, seventy percent. I don't know the official percentage. I'm not going to try to guess out there, it's just because it's so hard to quantify what you what you learned and what you didn't. Because so yeah. much of what you learn in schools is about thinking through it's qualitative as opposed to quantitative. Right? You know, you and and our over focus on what's somebody was saying like we focus in schools about what's easy to capture versus what's actually usable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something people talk about all the time, but like, it's much easier to know, to be able to, to figure out whether someone is able to find the noun in the sentence versus their ability to make a coherent argument with a sentence, which is, you know, what, Language is for maybe not argument is the best word, but to convey an idea Whatever with a sentence. Is, yeah. Their ability to convey an idea with a sentence is a lot harder to quantify, but a lot more important than their ability to find out a noun and a gerund in a sentence. But that's pretty easy to you know underline the noun. But, yeah, you can test that. Um, and God, I I hate saying that because it sounds like one of those like cliche like oh you know tests are so stupid like what why are we even in school we're learning a bunch of you know teach me how to file my taxes or whatever that argument I actually do have stuff against you know you teach someone how to file their taxes in 11th grade they're going to forget in two years easily forget and the, next day. the tax system is going to they're going to forget them. after the test right 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 they're going to forget after the test after the test and so there's been this huge push towards like project based learning that I really like um, so instead of a physics class being sectioned off into like mm-hmm. electromagnetism and which are I don't want to say arbitrary designations within physics but they're kind of arbitrary you know even the designations between the sciences are kind of arbitrary they start to blend really quickly yeah. like when you start talking about physics at the subatomic level when does that become chemistry mm-hmm. um and we spend a lot of time into defining things, so they don't break down very easily. But a project-based learning might be the class decides to figure out how a roller coaster works. And so it goes into a bit of dynamics, a bit of tension, you know, material sciences with the roller coaster. And it feels a lot more useful to the kids because they're learning how something yeah. works. But, they, but a lot just, of them don't like projects and it's yeah. because they, they feel like it's a distraction from the test they have coming up next week. Yeah. That, that's something I feel like we find more at tech. Yeah, but still. I had a teacher that tried, that did project-based learning in, for his English and computer science classes. Mm-hmm. And it was different, but I'd say it turned out really well. You do need different classroom energy, though, for sure. Education is so complicated. Somebody once pointed out that it's like the biggest group achievement humans have ever earned is educating every child to 18. Yeah. And I realized, yeah, it is kind of, 
an absurd amount of work that it takes. We all agreed this is what we need to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Like, we somehow were just like, yeah, let's educate the kids. Let's do it. And now a majority of every state's funds goes to mm-hmm. educating kids. And a majority of the federal government's non-defense yeah, well, choosable <laughs> spending is um, to the states. It's like transfer payments to the states. Yeah. Um, and we just... So we should be doing it right. <laughs> if, if, if we spend so much time and effort educating everybody, maybe we shouldn't be doing useless education. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. But yeah, it, it gets really, really complicated. I don't mean to make it sound like we, there's an easy fix. There so is Clearly, if there was, we And we fixed it. a lot of it, obviously, and we have. over time. We've done... Yeah, we're no longer teaching about Columbus, you know, solely about Columbus. Like, I think history has made leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. At least the history classes I took focused on these overarching patterns. Because we learn something new about each thing each day. Yeah, right. and so we, it was really nice um, for that versus my parents. And obviously, like, you know, calculus changed a lot in, uh, was it the 1800s? Mid, mid to late 1800s. Calculus is, one of the, calculus is one of the newer maths. It is. We, we've had algebra and geometry for... We have. For, you know, since the Greeks, basically. And I remember in the calculus class I took, there were a lot of problems, and these were where I'd actually probably understand, and this is somewhat on how I learn, but where I understood the calculus the most was when we had to apply it to physics problems. Mm -hmm. So it would be like these dynamic rate of change problems where Mm -hmm. you have a funnel that waters, you know, the traditional volume calculus problem where you have a funnel that water is pouring out of into a bucket, you know, how is the rate in the height of the water level in the cone affecting the rate? Yeah, and you can model that based on, uh, over time. And so that was really, those were the things where I sort of realized, like, oh, wow, this is why I'm learning that this is what's great, but a lot of students don't get to that point in, in math. Mm-hmm. Or they don't care. Or they don't, but you don't care because you don't you know, for some reason, you and I cared just about the math for the sake of math. Like, the reason we got the calculus is because in elementary school, we were just like, oh, you know, these numbers are kind of fun, or it came easy to us. And it wasn't until we got to the usefulness of math, mm-hmm. which comes in these later math classes, you know, in the statistics and the calculus and the geometry, that we were like, oh, shoot, this stuff is fun and usable, too. Mm-hmm. But a lot of kids, when you stop at pre-calc, you're like, why the hell did I learn about sine, cosine, and theta? And you're also wondering, why do I need to learn about it? And why do I need My to My sister tells me that. She's like, yeah. why do I need calculus? Yeah. She wants to go into psychology. Yeah, and, and so she would be a lot better at taking statistics. Mm-hmm. Which she is. I think she's taking Okay, good. And, and you're going to be finding use of it. And, and even at tech, a lot of the public policy kids are like, why do I need to learn statistics? And, and the statistics professor statistics. is like, because... This is a data-based science. If you have any number in any right. place ever, you need... <laughs> because humans are not predictable, and Statistics. when there's slight randomness, Statistics. you need statistics. It's also about rep- like uh, how do you uh, report your findings. Not yeah. just about how do you analyze it, but how, right. do you, how are you going to show your whoever you're lobbying, yeah. let's say, for example, yeah. why you need... why schools should be... Uh, right. right over the summer. And there's a rhetorical part of statistics that my statistics professor, Scott Gans, great guy, Professor Gans, l- legitimately phenomenal professor, um, he would focus a lot on like these num- the numbers that you find through statistics is not where your job 
starts, it's actually it stops. It's really where it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, as a less objective major, and I'm sure there are uh, corollaries in in engineering, where it's like, cool, the math is all fine and dandy. It's how you apply certain equations. Mm-hmm. And it's explains why the numbers, numbers that you got are important. Bingo. Yeah. Which is exactly what it says. Yeah. Um, and so that's. But if you don't have a good teacher, whoever teaches you that, you're just like, all right, cool, I can find out the, the mean of a large set. What do I do with it? Um, yeah. And it, it really gets me riled up. My mom's a teacher, my sister's a teacher, my dad eventually wants to become a teacher. Uh, I see a lot of students, including my little sister, who have been neglected by the school system really just because they don't have this very nerdy interest in just learning things for the sake of learning things like we got lucky to just enjoy learning for the sake of learning yeah um and the reason i'm, I'm speaking broadly about you and i is because i assume you've got good grades in school well <laughs> Daniel, you got good grades in school. <laughs> and you did well on the sat and you have to at least not actively hate your schoolwork in order to do spend that much time with it. Yeah. And you might have learned to resent it. But at some point, now, like in elementary school, I would read constantly. I would like be that kid that walked in the hallway with his nose in a book. And you read while you run, too. I do. Yeah, there's something about me. I'm never able to just do one thing. <laughs> so, after I've gone on that education rant, yeah. Ugh, I just it pisses me. It makes me sad. It really does because it's this isn't just like a theoretical policy thing. This is like students that legitimately think the first, you know, the twelve years of the life that they are spending in school is useless. And like I, that kind of sucks to live with. Yeah. Because then you feel like you're being forced to do useless stuff by parents. You have distrust of of the authority figures telling you what to do because you're just like why are these people telling me to do something that's useless huh but it's fine you know it's sad what time are we at are we done here do you want to end yeah, sure. you want to wrap it up are yeah I mean this was solely on education you got something else you want to talk about <laughs> no no I'm just sad this will happen when I talk about climate change too oh go ahead climate change no I'm really we're already, already doing sad, it dude. we're rolling it in no it's just you know I, I <laughs> Go ahead. We screwed the pooch on climate change. We should have listened to the scientists in the seventies when it was like a fixable problem. Oh, we are so we're in so deep. I've talked to no, yeah. I haven't talked to I've talked to people who have talked to people. Let's say. Yeah. I don't. I won't say any names, but I. You know, we, I go. I. I, I have contacts other energy. Yeah. 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 And, you really know. And they. Um, a lot of the top minds in the country are, are very pessimistic. The only way out is forward. I think we have to start mm. controlling the climate in the Well, we, the problem is, yeah, we already have too much carbon in the air. Yeah, we hit like 440 parts per million in, in junior year. Even if we even if we switch everything over right now to and we stop putting carbon in the air, we already have too much. Yeah, it's already like too it's, late. <laughs> and, yeah. and the thing is, people talk about it in such these like vague future terms. And sorry to tell y'all, the future is here. Like George's peach crop in 2016, half of it died. Because of the climate, you know, the, the we had a nice 
sunny two weeks in the middle of winter, and then we had a freeze for the next three weeks. And so the peach crop died because the trees don't know what time it is. They just are like, it's warm. I'm going to bring my flowers out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to focus on the hopeful side of this, which is that people like Daniel Silverstein okay. are going to be focusing on renewable energies and more importantly, climate manipulation technologies that can start taking carbon out of the air mm-hmm. and reversing the shit. Isn't there something like a big pile of trash in the Pacific Ocean that's like larger than... Uh, trash is the least of our worries. I, I know, you, like, that's not even big, the carbon one. The carbon is the bigger issue. <sighs> trash is a problem too because of, of methane and other issues. Methane is, is much worse than CO2 as, as I'm sure you know. Like, like cows are an issue. Cows are an issue. Like stop eating beef because... And you know what? It's not... Listener, it's not your fault unless you own one of the... Because it's like 75% of the emissions has come from the top 100 companies. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where that... You know, if that is using oil companies and like every ounce of oil they bring out is counted for a certain amount, then I don't think that's an accurate statement. But like... U.S. Defense Department is one of the biggest emitters. Yeah. Tanks are fucking... Yeah. See, now I'm really sad. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, humans. <laughs> on a happy note, we'll end here. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Humans are adaptable. We're intelligent. We've never, probably, never been through this something this crappy, like worldwide as an event. But we're getting to a post scarcity future. We always deal with problems. We haven't failed yet. We haven't died as a species yet. Mm-hmm. So let's keep going forward. All right, that's the podcast. Make sure you, of course, support the podcast, Peter. Yeah. I'm sure you'll donate. I might. It's, it's 99 cents a month. That's like nothing. Yes. You know what? Daniel guilted me into this. I guilted you. Um, so that's that's rolling. Um, yeah, be sure to find it on anchor.fm slash mm-hmm. the, 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 the experience with a dash in the middle of the dash experience. We'll have an episode out next week. Hopefully, Connor will be back next week, and we'll, we'll talk about some goofy stuff again. Um, this is one of the more serious ones. That's fine. We like to wear different hats. Anyway, that's it. Goodbye.